it's Sally here. Just a quick one, just a quick one. If you like this really sweary podcast by Kalechi, sorry, Kalechi, do remember to rate and review Say Your Mind on Apple Podcasts, okay? Now for the very urban intro music. <laughs> it's the Ben's Punani woman, this baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Baby, sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sipping yo. Hard time scrolling for your long truants. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind. Fling your straws through thick and thin Cause fuckeries just will never end When they move mad Just grab your straws And tell them all to suck their mums Count on straws through thick and thin Don't be afraid Please believe me when I say I don't I don't give a fuck Yeah (laughs) Another week Another beautiful, beautiful tune Thank you all, thank you all I can hear the applause from here Maybe not Welcome to another episode of SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. I'm Kalechi. Um, I hope you like the new intro. Got Sally involved in the bit. Sally's been doing quite a few bits recently, actually. Um, I did a keynote speech. By the time that you listen to this, I would have done a keynote speech where I've made Sally the focus, and she's talking about how we can deal with racism um, in the workplace and things like that. So I'm using like her skits and that to discuss it. Um, I had my baby shower. Baby shower was wonderful. Lived my best life. Thank you all for the gifts and everything. I'm taking, I would have taken the Amazon wish list thing down by now because everything's literally been bought. So, um, Thank you so to to everybody And you would have received my thank you cards as well So yeah, I mean, I know that we've had a little bit of a break But that's because Brent was doing Hot Boy Summer And we're just glad he's out there Flexing his handsomeness for the world to see I'm just really proud and really, really happy about that Um, And yeah, there's only like Hmm, I guess less than four weeks till the baby arrives. So let's see. I mean, I drove here today and it felt like an extreme sport. I was really doing gri 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 with my heart, but you know, we made it. We thank God. So yeah, let, let's see. Let's see if I can get one more in. I'll get one more in. Who knows? Because sometimes now that Boris Johnson is, um, I was going to say president, <laughs> might as well be. Um, now that Boris Johnson's prime minister, who knows what's going to be happening? Everyone's going to be moving mad. So I might have to just jump in here a couple more times, but at least one more. We can try and get one more. But anyway, without further ado, I have a very, very, very special guest with me today. Um, I've spoken about her so much So, so much. You know how much I love her. Um, Instead of me doing the tarot reading today, we'll be graced by the incredible Leona Nicole Black. Yes, Leona Nicole Black, tarot reader, um, tarot therapist extraordinaire. And yes, can't wait. And she's here. Welcome, 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 (laughs) Leona. Thanks for having me. The amazing Leona Nicole Black. Wow. I'm feeling mad shy. Why? I'm very confident when it comes to like creativity and work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when I'm around people who like me, who I respect, I'm like, 
<laughs> no, you are absolute levels. Like you're my share, your magnificence, your everything. Like I never tire of talking about you on the podcast because to me, you in that Virgo brilliance of yours, you embody what it is to be excellent, but at the same time to be vulnerable and to check in oh, on Lord. yourself. So and 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 through you as well, I also um re um reaffirm my boundaries because when you're like, look, fam. Me, I'm tired. I'll catch you like I'll catch you guys on the other side. And watching people wanna wanting to be so um entitled to your time yeah. and your energy. And I just think it's beautiful that time and time again you remind us that um as much as I know that you enjoy what I'm giving, and I know it's coming from a place uh, place of appreciation, fall back. All of you, man, fall back. Are we honest though? I feel like that Virgo energy still, I don't see myself externally. Do you know what I mean? It's that internal critical voice. So some of that even comes still with a sense of like failure or not doing well enough yeah. or not being consistent enough. And I think I am, I think this whole year for me has been learning how to not push myself to the very last minute yeah. before I say, check out, I need time. Cause I'll say it, mm. but I'll probably work for 10 months longer than I should have yeah, before yeah. I do that. Yeah. And I'm really seeing, um, not just the cost of that, like physically and emotionally, but it's also disobedience. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like God already said like, chill. And I'm like, hold on. Let me just do <laughs> yeah. just, just this one Two quick more thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just a quick one, just a quick one. And so, so this yeah. year has just been dragging me and mm. I've been like oh I see I can't and yeah. also you miss out on things when you don't stop when you're supposed to yeah I also just want to take this moment because it's so wonderful to be here on your <laughs> podcast and like all of my clients know I say this to them but it's like important for me to say it to you in front mm. of your own audience that you were such a game changer for me and for my life and um, when I started doing tarot I didn't think there was an audience for it mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. here in the UK I certainly didn't think it could be my full-time work my vocation mm-hmm. or my calling and around the time that I was being called to go full time with it and I was like, mm. Mm. it was genuinely you and has been you mm. that has brought me the main bulk of my client wow. base. Like, and that's, mm. you know, people call, I always say like, there's influencers and then there's Kalechi. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm. And I'm just really, really, that has it's been transformational for me, not just mm. in terms of like, Having clients and stuff, but also I believe that poverty is trauma. Yes. And so breaking out of like my own cycles of poverty and debt and struggle Mm. and finding ways to support myself in ways I didn't even think I could off of my own effort, off my own ashe. Like you were so instrumental in that. And so I honestly can't thank you enough. I can't thank God enough for you. It's it's amazing. Thank you. No, it's amazing how we eat, how our paths even kind of came together because I remember like um um we became friends on Facebook yeah. seeing all of those things and just I'd see your posts and it would just really deeply resonate with me and that's what's always been so um just glorious about you the, the whether it's the highs whether it's the lows just your raw vulnerability and and insistence on speaking out about your pain Mm. And and I know like likewise there's been like really, really rough times yeah. and yet we still here. So when you started like sharing more of your tarot practice, I said, My G, like <laughs> I'm 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 all the way into that. Like I'm all the way into that. And you encourage me to 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 really delve into what that meant for me because I feel like so many of us, especially as black women, are repressed. We're yeah. repressed in terms of Everyone can quote Bible verse, Bible verse, but when you talk to them about, but what do you truly believe? Yeah. And then it's silence. 
because because I think that's actually what makes the darker times even darker because you don't even see your own light. You don't even see a glimmer of it. Yeah. And and you helped me to see that glimmer every time that you were resilient and you came back and you came back and you came back. So no, it's it's meant a lot. And I've and I've watched your um your work grow. And I just think it's amazing. So now this is your full-time work. This is you, it. Yeah. But what about your PhD? Because <laughs> Dr. Leona Nicole Black soon come. What? No, she won't come. What? No. And you know what? <laughs> I knew this was going to come up yeah. and I was like, how much am I going to talk about? But I'll see what the energy kind of yeah. feels like. I feel like eclipse season has been super significant as it always is for all of us, mm-hmm. right? But in really different ways. So we had a new moon eclipse in yes. Cancer, which is really the new beginning energy and that will go on for six months. And mm. then we had the full moon in Capricorn, yeah. which is really the closing out energy. And Capricorn's all about status and ambition and mm-hmm. work and reputation in life and structure and all the institutions that we're used to. Mm-hmm. And we've got all these other planets, but what I'll say really came up for me, it was like... That PhD process was really ripping my soul apart. Wow. Yeah, it was. Wow. And it cost me a lot. It mentally, like emotionally, yeah. spiritually. I had my spiritual awakening while I was doing my PhD. I noticed, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kept like I came away from it a bit and mm. I kept like honestly trying to force myself to mm. return, force myself to write, force myself to produce. And I'm telling you, my soul was screaming the entire time, mm-hmm. like, we don't want to be doing this. Mm. It's not, but I just, as a Virgo as well, it's not about quitting something that you start. So I was like, I'm, I mean, I was three, four years in. I'm like, mm. I'm, I'm at the finish line. Why would I not finish? But I really got to a point where I realized I got everything I needed to out of the process mm-hmm. in terms of like the work I cultivated, even the work that I did, whether it was leading Black Feminist Society, yeah. like all of that. And then everything that I was writing in terms of theory, I'm living, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. literally every theory, every letter I was typing yeah. has like literally come to life in me. And I was like, I am forcing myself to go back to that purely for the status symbol, purely so that I can have the letter on my name or, yeah. and it's not enough anymore. No. Like I've, I've literally shed that identity completely. Mm. Like it's broken. So I feel like it was, I was clinging to the last remnants of, of it, that. Yeah. And the clip season just dragged me and was like, like, what are you doing? Yeah, Do you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I was like, I have to let it go. And immediately as I made that choice, the joy, the joy, the joy, nah. the joy, the relief. I also like, I'm not retracting my identity as a black academic. I earned that. Yes. You know what I mean? You, like, you definitely I did. It. Yeah. And that institution didn't do anything to build me up, man. Mm. It, if As anything, really it knocked do. my confidence. Yeah. It undermined me and my mm. work. It just was a no. So, no PhD. But that's, congratulations on that. As of like two weeks ago. As well. <laughs> like, no, but then actually, I went on your website this morning to buy, because <laughs> guys, the tarot, MP3 tarot readings are done and you're not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, as soon as you announced that there are only like 10 left of the MP3 tarot readings, I had to go and buy one for my brother. I was just like, no, he needs to have one because he's a baby boy and he deserves. Um, and whenever I do readings for him, he's always so kind of stunned. Mm-hmm. And I can always feel that there's, there are things that he probably wants to say to me, but because I'm his um, sister and his older sister, yeah, he holds yeah. back. Proximity. Yeah, he holds back. And I just think that I wanted to give him that space to like um, hear somebody else ask his question um, and have it confidential and, and have that space. But when I was on the website, I was just like, um, P- 
PhD something something is gone. <laughs> but, but I just thought maybe, yeah. But I thought maybe it's just because we've you know you've rejigged things yeah. and and that's what I love about your um, website and all of the things that you do is so aesthetically pleasing. It's so, such oh, a it's a pleasure. It's a, it's a sensual pleasure to actually look at as well as then get the messages from. So that's important to me. Right, it I don't is. Do it. I know it's it important. Is. I don't like things to look janky. Like no, come on, let's get it together. No, it looks it looks incredible. And I just want to say, yeah, congratulations and and thank you to our spirit guides for always saying to us, like, um, I know that you thought this was where we're going, but I just want to show you that Something there's another else. path. That this is the other route. Um, and and it's important. And and I think that out of pride, out of cultural kind of um, indoctrination, we try to hold on to things because we're like, we must see it through because how, how are other people going to perceive it? And I feel Spirit's always asking us to be like, but who cares? Who, who, yeah, who cares? Especially when it's not your path anymore. <laughs> and I felt like I, I was listening to something, maybe like maybe a couple of years yeah. ago and there was a, like an Oxford professor or maybe it was from Harvard, wherever, mm. one of those. And um, he'd like dropped out left his position and was doing some like deep spiritual empathic healing stuff mm-hmm. and it was such a like he's le- he's left his reputation mm-hmm. and it really stayed with me and I felt like there's a reason it stayed with mm-hmm. me because I think even then on a really deep level mm-hmm. I knew yeah. I knew I was not gonna it, I wasn't gonna finish this in the way that I thought it would mm-hmm. finish and I'm in a death cycle in terms of like numerology for this mm-hmm. year anyway and so it does force endings, but I had the, I perceived that the ending would be me going back and just finishing it. Mm. And that's what I was pushing for. And I had no sense that it would be like a complete Get, release of Get, it altogether. It no, that's amazing. And I think it's a lesson. It's a lesson that not every day just w- want to hold on to the thing. Because like you said, what I think is beautiful is that you said, well, I still hold on to my part of my identity as being a black academic. Because why do I need a fucking certificate to tell me that I am? And I think it's such an elitist, such a white supremacist thing to, 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 to to focus on for us um, when it's like no I must have a certificate to prove yeah. that I did this thing but what about the lived experience of what I actually did in, and in that time let's be honest I have several certificates already oh. <laughs> okay like no I've, I've got the certificates yeah. like that's one thing but also when I did the PhDs it was for validation mm. it was because I wanted to write certain things or produce certain knowledge mm. and I didn't think particularly at that time mm. I didn't think I could do that without um, the credentials of saying yeah. you should listen to me because yeah. and I just feel like not only is that not a value system for me but even culturally right now it's that's not, not a thing social media has changed the it game has. I don't I don't need you to give me something to tell me that I can I'll go out and speak my truth and I think oftentimes when I go and speak at events like by the time this airs um, I'm going to be speaking I'm giving a keynote speech um, somewhere and I cuss this institution out all the time (laughs) all the time on this podcast so when they reached out and they were like oh come and speak um, about um, brutality come and speak about these things I said me are you you, you sure are you listening because nobody should cry when I get there <laughs> and I started having those things of um, those ideas of self-doubt like mm. maybe they haven't listened to every episode because I've gone in they're going to find out who you R- are right yeah. and then something said to me but they already know that's, yeah. and that's why you've been put in that position they already know and girl if even if they don't they're, they're going to find out because <laughs> so, I don't have any certificates to back these things up I just know that it's what I've lived and what I've seen and, yeah. and, and that's what I want to put out there so I think that it's amazing and again it's just another way that you're reminding us that there are there are other ways there are other ways to kind of live your many many truths um so that's wonderful um usually at this point is when we do the tarot reading mm. so i would be honored if you would 
do a short tarot reading for us, a, a very general, whatever comes to you, whatever you're feeling. I would love to. Thank um, you. But I'm also wanting you to, to direct it. I want you to kind of just think about your community, the mm-hmm. community you've cultivated. And I don't know if you just want to give me a key word or something an energy or just something you think might be on their minds right now? I think on their minds right now is direction. Okay. Um, every time I'm receiving emails, it's about, oh, my direction. I thought I was doing this one thing and it changed. Um, or I'm, I'm holding on and I don't want to let go because I don't actually know where I'm meant to go next. Right, right. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, family. I see you. <laughs> um, am I showing people the card? Yeah, yeah, Can they see it? Yeah, yeah. The first card you've got. This is from the Arisha Tarot deck. I really love it. Mm. Um, this is the Guardian Angel. It's technically the Temperance card. Mm-hmm. The energy really here is that, particularly as I was talking about the eclipse seasons, that most of your community are going through transitions, Mm -hmm. but they're struggling with like the ending and the closing of things. Mm -hmm. Like it is very much this in-between energy in which maybe a new opportunity is opening up, maybe something next is coming, but you can't, you don't feel like you can quite leave what you've got, Mm -hmm. you know? So even if it's like finances or even if it's a relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, like you might feel like this isn't the relationship for me, but you're like, I don't know what's on the the next side. So people are like, this guardian angel is, is really about the balance here of dealing with these changing circumstances where as you can well you can't see that well but um, (laughs) this figure is in water Mm. and is pouring water okay so it's about staying connected to what is true for you emotionally without being overwhelmed by it Mm -hmm. so what's really you don't have much control over the external circumstances Mm -hmm. like there's a lot that's going to be shifted um just by god like that's just the energy we're in right now but you do have control over your emotional equilibrium Mm -hmm. and that's what's going to hold you down because the next card is actually the village wow okay and this is technically the tower card, but I really love it in this and in this deck. And this is this is our fears around um, what the tower card really means, which is upheaval, yes. which is people coming and going. Yes. But also it's enlightenment. But often with the tower card, I'm not going to lie, it's enlightenment that comes through pain, yeah. you know, through discomfort, through mm-hmm. being like, I don't necessarily, and foreboding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like feeling like something's off. Yeah. Yeah, like it's that kind of energy. And there definitely is that around you but I feel like it's happening to that it's it's clearing space because what's going to happen particularly as you're being asked to balance out your emotions as a community Mm. there are going to be people around you who have no no capacity for that do Mm. you know what I mean Mm. that they're not doing their personal work Mm. or they don't have good um, intentions towards you Mm. and because of that when this tower card hits they will go running you know like people are going to split people are going to see for example that you're changing circumstances and be like oh I don't know if you're that successful anymore do you know what I mean and try and pull away from you so you're going to feel a lot of change in your personal circumstances but you do have the couple here mm. which is the lover's yeah, card yeah. um and i do i just love this i just keep saying i love it's it beautiful. i love this deck altogether. Yeah. but the energy here is around coming into contact with the right partnerships and the right connections for you and i say this really often but it's so so important mm. like who you're around on a soul level because i think many people keep associations because you've known them for a long time yeah. Yeah. or just because you know 
you feel some sense of duty and obligation. Mm. You might feel like, oh, this person was there for me on, on X occasion. Yeah. So I need to kind of still be their friend for this or still be in these situations. And it's like, does that person really get you on a soul level? Like, do you vibe with them? Do you resonate? Is your vision the same? Mm. Because if that's not true, it doesn't even mean that that person's bad, wrong, low vibrational evil. Mm. You might just not be in alignment with them anymore. And so this tower card, this village energy is coming to really shake yeah, yeah. <laughs> what should not be there anymore so that you can have much deeper connection much more soulful connections and you need that because you've got the full card with also a message from earth hopefully you can see that mm. and really it's saying that you need to get in alignment in terms of your communities your soul groups your relationships because mm. you are gonna be able to transition right out of this in-between stage yeah. into the new things that are coming for you and a lot of them have to do with finances wow for the people that are tuned into you for your community yeah. a big concern for them is money yes yeah. um financial liberation security yeah. healing um generational kind of trauma and poverty and these connections are about healing you so that you can get to the bag really yeah, yeah, on, in terms of collaborations mm -hmm. but also it's about a sense of worthiness you know mm -hmm. it's about ex actually experiencing love and um, commitment support from others that also allows you the confidence and the expansion to be able to step up and step out mm -hmm. a lot of people are very nervous you might have creative ideas but you're not necessarily taking action on it and you kind of need like for the most part sometimes you just got to do things yeah. but sometimes we need like you might need what Kalechi was for me do you know what I mean or mm. you might need someone that's like oh I'm gonna you know come and film for you or do whatever mm -hmm. like you need I think the time of building alone has actually come to a close yeah it's a collaborative energy and you will heal your finances or you've got to get around the right people for it and that's your message for today wow wow I think that's that's a lot that's a lot but and I think that it'll resonate from the letters that I've got I think it, it, this is what a lot of people need because there there is that fear and I feel like even those who aren't necessarily even struggling as they would call it financially that 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 you know the like fear. you said the, the poverty yeah. um, the, being trauma even when you've made your way sort of out of it you still hold on to it and I know that I behave like that like I could feel sort of comfortable, feel like, you know what, money's coming in regularly. But whenever I see lots of food in the fridge, I panic. Really? I panic because I'm just like, well, I'll never get through this. Oh, what am I going to do? And then it's going to spoil. And then yeah, I'm not used to having. So when I do have, <laughs> I panic. Yeah. Um, but then I don't want to not have again. Yeah. So you I I don't want to exist in one space, but I don't fully want to walk through the 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 um the doorway to the other space. And that just deepens this message because even with the guardian angel energy here, this is about also the emotional transformation that has to happen when you step into mm. more security and abundance, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So you can, your circumstances can change, but we can be still very ingrained emotionally yes. in whatever we were in before. And so there is like with that lover's energy there again, it's like coming more deeply into connection with where you are in mm. your life too. Like really recognizing the blessing, recognizing the support yeah. you have. Not just in terms of people, but literally like the support of God. Yes. The support yeah. of your angels and your ancestors and your guides. So I just feel... Even for those with money, because the, the thing about message from Earth is that the coins are stacked. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So it doesn't even have to be like your, I mean, let's be honest, lots of people are struggling yeah, in this yeah, economy. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. even if you've got your money, this also is the energy of protecting what's yours. Yes. You know, protecting your resources, protecting your investments and making sure that that, that can be 
distributed and put to use, yes. right? Because it's not the energy of just purely accumulation. It's not so you can have 50 nice dresses, right? <laughs> and don't get me wrong, like have the nice dress, sure. Yeah. But it's also funding God's plan. Yes. That's what it is. It's so that when God says move, you don't have to hesitate because it's like, oh, how do I, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, no, I've already stacked the coin for that. I see like, you know, that in the Bible, where it talks about like, um, may it be done here on earth as it is in, in heaven. heaven. Like yeah. the kingdom of God being here, that requires resources. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, particularly those of us who are spiritually um, awakened or in tune or aware where we get really stuck is that we don't master the material realm no. and therefore we actually kind of block what God is trying to manifest here yeah. in the world so it's about getting the resources straight so that yeah. we can like it's wild like in terms of like and I don't want to get into it too much but even where we are in terms of this political system I was like, just thinking that, it's yes. crazy it's nuts mad, do you know what mad, I mean it's like, Boris a hot Boris A whole ass Boris Boris Imagine I saw someone tweet That we should have taken Ed Miliband when we could have Do you know what I mean <laughs> We should have we really But did. things are that crazy That you're looking back Like wow Wow I was know. like Do you remember when David Cameron was like The villain The most awful Look where we are now I'm just Boris. like I'm through Theresa May I'm like Things just, just oh. It was like a plot twist I could yeah. not have written And all of that Disempowerment that comes All of that stuckness That comes mm. All of that You know feeling like what do we do on like structural levels what do we do about inequality mm. we can't be looking to government systems no sorry to swear but for shit yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah. we can't and it is about to be honest they're all going to topple i'm going to be honest about that but that's what i think about the they're village about and the to tower they, they're going they're, they're going they're going but, but god i feel like god's like i want you to see what your fear can manifest in the governance that yeah. you then end up with that's not to say that we deserve the things deserve the things that are happening but it's just literally this this village com- you know coming together and 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 building on fear and fear and fear you you bring things to you yeah, that will only be to your detriment and then now everything's toppling and everyone's like oh my god Boris what are we gonna do but were you not the one that voted in Teresa of you know you voted in the Tories and now you're crying for what yeah. It's a madness. And Brexit isn't happening for you. You're vexed. Every every day is like, oh, can we can we can we reassess? Can we reassess? Can we reassess? The external system can't be trusted, relied upon, can't be worked with, in my personal opinion, mm. can't be reformed. And so it is about taking our resources and developing on a completely different level. And mm. I feel like that particularly what tarot and spirituality has mm. done for me is kind of what my thesis was all about, yeah. which is finding roots to liberation mm-hmm. that aren't kind of just reinventing the will. And I was saying that whenever we resist, for example, racism and white supremacy, it literally morphs. Do you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Like yeah. we're always dealing with the same beast in another way. And I'm not saying that you therefore just say, oh, well, you know, rock out. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And do yeah. your thing. But there is, an, it's kind of like what I wrote in one of my magazines where yeah. it's like you have the the activism, you have that level of resistance and then you have the underground railroad. Like you need both, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So whilst we're kind of trying to support one another and make like change socially and culturally, we also need to be creating something else because I promise you, this shit is about to fall. It's going to fall. And that's what, um, when I was reading about um, works about um, existing in the liminalities, like existing yes. outside of these um, structures that aren't meant for us. But the same way that racism and white supremacy morphs, I think we also morph. We evolve in a way that we have to get like, you know, savvy with how are we going to survive in this predicament now? And I think yeah. that even though, I, even though I know like shit is wild right now, 
at the same time, I'm so proud of specifically black women mm. because I feel like since everything's been going just crazy, I've seen black women rise in a way that I haven't really seen growing up. Like everyone's, so many black women are becoming more vocal. Yeah. And at the same time, they are going into themselves more and, and like redefining or discovering a strength that probably they didn't feel like they needed to access before because everybody outside will save me. Yeah, <laughs> no, they ain't happening. No. I think I also kind of sometimes grapple with guilt because when I was growing up in the church and was like always, I remember reading like um, Frederick Douglass's um, autobiography mm. around growing up as a slave and just like this distinct sense that he had a corner on his life and he was very aware of mm-hmm, that. Mm-hmm. And not that I could ever even conceive what it would be like to grow up under those conditions, but I resonated with that sense of calling and that calling being a commitment to black people. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. always felt that. It's why I took the academic journey I did. And I, one of the things I found frustrating in my church was the apoliticalness or the colonial mindset mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the refusal to engage with the political realities of the, it was a black church, mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. But you're not dealing with the kind of like social or political context we were living in. I was so frustrated by that. And now like fast forward to where I am in my life and I am to some extent detached, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, this is a thing that used to frustrate me. Like, how am I now living like <laughs> yeah. this? But it's because like, I am... I think it's wild what's happened, but I'm okay. Yes. Same. Like, I'm not going to lie, I'm absolutely fine. Same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't have any, I'm not like, oh my God, Boris. No. And I'm, I'm like, that's wild, but from a very detached position. Yeah. And I sometimes, the the joy, the liberation, the freedom I have, do you know mm. what I mean? The tools that are available to me. And I'm not even talking in terms of resources, I mean, mm. spiritually. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like a level of guilt around it because I'm like, shouldn't I be riled up? Like, shouldn't I be... Yeah. But I'm not. And I don't think we have to be. And I think that sometimes when I speak in a really impassioned way on this podcast, people are like, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, you have to understand that at the moment I say peace, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm done, yeah. you know, because for me, I believe that there is nothing that, that God cannot do. Like, yeah. and 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 in everything that doesn't make sense right now, I know that there's there's more happening. I'm able to see things more. Um, I don't know, there's just another way of being able to see things that you can't scare me. Like us men, especially like black people, have been dealing with this before. Come so you're, you're not giving us it's anything new. new. So <laughs> so you all this all this media frenzy, it's new to you guys because yeah. you haven't seen for your own for yourself, you haven't seen what your hate can do before and now you're about to see it so so I I feel like it's um it is what it is but one of the things that stuck with me one of my um readings that you did for me um was when you talked about how love is refracted in this realm how it comes in through some kind of prism or whatever you know and so this prism refracts love and we don't see it in in its purest form because I guess fear does end up surrounding it and I wonder if in your studies or as you, you know, in your journey, whether love was one of the things you considered as one of the forms of liberation, not in like the woo-woo sense, as people would call it, but literally love, especially when you talked about black love, not just being heteronormative and being um, solely romantic in essence, but really looking at community. I know that village is more looking at tower and like upheaval, but looking more at the idea of community and loving in that way. Yeah, for sure. I think it's also what let me release the institution, right? Mm -hmm, Because mm -hmm. it doesn't feed foster. It has no space for love. Mm -hmm. It doesn't love black producers. Um, But 
you know, the, 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 the key theories and themes of my work were black love, black joy, mm. black liberation, liminality, mm. as you describe, mm. you know, really living on that, that outside looking in and also kind of, kind of black radical escapism yeah, as yeah. well. And I feel like, I don't think I knew love really. I'm going to be honest mm. in any way, not any shade of it until I went through this kind of spiritual transformation mm-hmm. that I did because I was codependent as fuck mm-hmm. in relationships mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and in my friendships as well, to mm-hmm. be honest, because coming from a lot of like family trauma and social trauma, mm-hmm. you end up collapsing yourself in on, on the people yeah, who so. can give you any shade of love. So I was in deep enmeshment with people. I think I was politically driven by fear even mm-hmm. in my my deep soulful love of black people I was always fearful of the condition of black people mm-hmm. so I didn't experience um even God's love when I was in the church man I experienced Same. a lot of the fear and I yeah. mean the literal trepidation yeah. of God but I didn't really experience love until well you know black feminism gifted that to me mm-hmm. I'd say Same. not just kind of spirituality but bell hooks especially like reading her you know, when I was in my early 20s reading her trilogy on love and feeling, wow, someone's really theorizing this, yes. like someone's doing the work and it's all also rooted in language I can understand and in, in examples and a community yes. that is mine, yes. that makes sense to me. I think that was one of the first times I started thinking about kind of love as theoretical, you know, mm-hmm. like love as spiritual, love as communal, love particularly um in friendship mm-hmm. like I, it's really weird how at this point in my life I reference the Bible quite a bit even though I have not gone back to read it like <laughs> <laughs> it's just in me yeah. and so I just like you know I paraphrase everything I'm not going to like recall um, recall it word for word yeah. but you know when Jesus says like no greater love is there than for a man to like lay down his life for his friends yes. like friendship love to me is really profound and I feel like black women have discovered that or always known it like it's not really a discovery we have practiced that I feel when I say discovery really I feel like in this contemporary moment in this particular cultural moment we have overcome the discourses that have tried to topple that for us, yeah. you know, whether it's that women are bitchy. Like derail that narrative yeah. about uh, that we inherently know to ourselves to be divine. Everyone's told us otherwise. I feel like we have really risen above that and, and really allowed ourselves to externally express the richness of connection but that needs to flow over into so many other communities yes. within our in our cultures and also beyond blackness itself. But that also belongs to black children. Yes. And I feel like that's a place that's really overlooked, you know, like mm. I don't feel like black children are loved as radical, autonomous beings of their own with wisdom you know like I saw you kind of reposting and talking about the concept of a child being an old soul do you know what I mean like all of that all of those are spaces for us to not I don't want to keep saying discover but for us to remember yes for us to remember what love is for us to heal also the ways that the ways that we naturally express love have been traumatized and distorted yeah and um I do think it's the solution, you know, and I, I don't think it's a political solution necessarily. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Like we can't love Boris Johnson into being no, no, something no, not, else. No, 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 not that kind of, not, no. not, not that kind of. And I think that when we hear church, churches say that or give on to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, I'm like, fuck all of you. Caesar, I'm like, Caesar can fuck off as yeah. well. <laughs> Caesar's a thief. 
Caesar can piss it's off. Like I'm not, he's not getting anything. Caesar can piss right off. <laughs> but for me, it's more of um, um in terms of a political tool in terms of us using it within the community because I think that that way like you said when we look at children that way we're, we're instilling them with a mindset that they there isn't a hierarchy that makes them lesser yeah. than anybody else whereas when we look in the home when I look in my home growing up there was a hierarchy and and so there's a hierarchy at home there's a hierarchy at church and everywhere everywhere in this hierarchy I always come at the bottom yeah. so what does that tell me about who I am and and so then what should I therefore look for in society if everywhere I'm bottom? Yeah. Whether bottom is child, whether bottom is girl, whether bottom yeah. is black, what 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 am I looking for? Yeah. So actually starting from um the bottom and um bottom as it were, and thinking about children and thinking about how we raise them to to trust themselves because why am I in therapy now? I'm in therapy now because I doubt myself so much. Mm-hmm. There's an inner child that's so wounded, so extremely wounded that I'm doing the work to rebuild this person so it can meet my external self. We can meet each other and actually have a sort of form of communion, right? And and I wish I didn't have to have done that work. If someone had just if people, if a society, if a community had just loved me better, yeah. how much more um, power would I be able to wield um, in society and to speak out more? And how, how much power would other black women and other black children be able to wield in society and be like, no, we're not standing for this and we're sticking together on this one. But I feel like sometimes we're just so kind of spread out all over the place. I mean, we'll get to R. Kelly later, but even seeing black women that are much older than we are coming forward and going, oh, why aren't you focusing on Harvey Weinstein? And you're just like, but... But you, why, why are you not bothered that about the black girls? Why? Um, so it's that's really what I consider. I don't think I can love those ones. Um, Theresa May, and I'll continue calling her a pussy clerk to the end of time. <laughs> but, 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 but you know, those ones, no. But I'm just thinking community wise, and it's hard. It's so so hard. But like you mentioned, bell hooks communion. The Female Search for Love. I think that's yeah. what changed my life. I Reading that and understanding that all these romantic friendships that I would have had with um, female friends throughout time, not realising what they were because I was taught that, no, you prioritise relationships with men yeah. above these sorts of relationships. Yeah. Or just prioritise those kind of um, intimate, like sexual relationships more than you prioritise your friendships. Um, I had to start trying to unlearn that. And I'm not all the way done, but at least investing more in that makes a difference. I wanted to pick up on what you said around um, kind of not loving Theresa May. Not that you actually said yeah, that, yeah, but yeah. the idea of not applying that kind of, we just need to love and understand them or let's just talk to the other side or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. we're talking about, which is nonsense. Love is also resistance. Do you know what I mean? Like love is also recognising people's violence. Boundaries. And I also feel, I was like thinking about this Bible scripture on the way. Because mm. you used to bother me as a child. <laughs> like, lo- I mean, the whole Bible bothered me, let's be honest. <laughs> but um, I was a questioning person, mm. always have been. And so paraphrasing again, but there's this kind of scripture where it says that basically there's certain people who turn their hearts against God, right? Mm-hmm. They say, no, 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 no. And then they get to a point where they're basically unreachable, mm-hmm. right? They become reprobate and that's the end of them. Yeah, and I yeah. used to think like, really? Like, so if I don't like, you know, as like, what if I want to backslide for a minute? Like, is that, <laughs> is that the time where it's going to be like, you've gone too far? Gone too far. Yeah. Back. And I was back. like, so I, was, I really had an issue with that. Mm-hmm. But now as an adult kind of thinking about that principle and that concept, 
I do understand it because I feel like the choices that you make, and I guess we'll be talking about certain people making certain choices mm-hmm. later, that really diminish your soul and your spirit and invite darkness in, mm-hmm. will take you to a place that is unreachable by my love. Yes. Do you know what I yes. mean? And all that you, all that you and yours, yours can do is poison mine. Yeah. So it's not for me to be, you know, just loving you unconditionally. Every day reaching. I'm out. sorry. No. Part of that unconditional love is to recognize that you are poison. Yes. <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? And I must protect myself. And mine from you, mm. and yours is not yours is not for me to transform. No, no. I don't need to transform. It's you. not my business. It's no, literally it's not about, my calling, right? But we've been some some of us have grown up believing that no, we are of service to people. So even if they harm us, no, we must go back. We must forgive. We must. Why is the impetus to forgive always on on us? And yeah. I and I think that um one of my best um sessions that I've had with my therapist Emma was when she was just like. I said to her, well, I guess I've got to forgive for this thing. And she was like, why? For what? She was like, yeah, she was like, forgive. And I called that episode forgiven for what? She was like, why? Why do you need to forgive? I was like, because, you know, it frees me. She was like, you could be freed in so many other ways. Like, why yeah. Why do you, why that word? Why that word? Yeah. Um, and it really messed with everything in my sessions with her, just messed with everything that I've built. She's like, I build these little structures and she comes in like flicks she them over. <laughs> and I appreciate it because then she makes me have to look at what, um, the pieces are individually and how they actually go yeah. together. And so I welcome that challenge by another black woman. But I've said time and time again, like unconditional love doesn't mean love under any condition. Like I'm not, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. If you're moving mad to me, go away. Like you can be completely elsewhere and that's fine. And that's, like you said, that's expressing love as well. Boundaries are a way that you express love yeah. um, for yourself and for other people by being like, I, I love you enough to be like, go over there. Last thing I'll say on that because... Mm. I've not said this in a public forum, but mm. I talk to my friends about this a lot. It's how you can incur karmic debt with people when you refuse to do the boundaries, right? So oh. it's like you can recognize that someone's overstepping your boundaries, maybe treating you really badly. And what happens is if you also mm. don't put that boundary up, that person is actively, every time they're treating you poorly, every time they're diminishing you, every time um, they might not have even been doing anything too extreme, but if they're chipping at your self-worth, Just, yeah. all those things, that person is accruing a debt, a karmic debt that they will have to go and balance out with somebody else at some other point in their mm-hmm. lives. And so sometimes we allow ourselves to... Play, I don't want to say play the victim, I don't even like that concept, mm. right? But we we cast people as villains in our yes, lives. Yes. And we are waiting for the transformation of that villain mm-hmm. or the hope that they'll treat us differently. Mm. And I'm like, actually, no, the whole time you're staying in connection with that person, it would be better to cut them off even mm. for their own sake, not even yes. just yours. And when I kind of like, when Spirit actually kind of started revealing this to me, it was, it was such a weird example, mm. right? But there was a guy that I did not like. Do you know what I mean? I just was not feeling yeah. him. And no matter what, he really kept like <laughs> trying to be with me. And I'm not a bitch. Do you know what I mean? But I was like, but you're making me, like I am being savage to you. Because what else is there? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. I'm just like, no, I don't want to be with you. No, I'm not interested. You go away for maybe a week and then you'll go, hey, babes, or whatever. (gasps) And and I was like, (laughs) the thing is now I'm treating you like shit. Yes. I am. I'm aware of it. And and I don't even want to be that person. I'm like, now you're actually giving me something to go and have to deal with. I have to go and talk to my God about this. (laughs) About my behaviour. Yeah. Right. Because I was like, you know what? Actually... This 
is a no. Like, stop coming back for this. Yes. Stop coming back for more of what I'm handing out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm getting better at yeah. it and I don't want to be better I at don't. being savage. So I was like, no, I have to cut you off because you're making me have to deal with things yeah. of God I don't want to have to deal with. And it's like, then Spirit started talking to me and showing me where I've been that person in other situations. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Where people, I can describe some extremely shit individuals. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you were also party to that, yeah. signing up. Oh, please. <laughs> Haven't we all? Yes. Hey. hey, I know that you said the other day that I should fuck off, but, but I'm, I'm just Are you all right? Yeah. Have, you, have you eaten? <laughs> so just like none of that. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Just none. Like we're not doing anybody any favors. Yeah. If it's not... If it's not what it should be, just let that shit go. Amen. Amen. No, I love that. (laughs) Cool. So let's move on then to, um, let's move on to So You Mad. But quick shout out to, I forgot to shout out Ruth. Thank you, Ruth, for my pregnancy massage. I've been gifted so many pregnancy massages. My back feels so supple now. Thank you very, very much. Um, But yeah, thank you, Ruth. All right. So um, moving on to So You Mad. (laughs) So You Mad this week. Um, I read that R. Kelly's crisis manager, Darrell Johnson, um, steps down after speaking with Gail King on C- um, CBS News. And I just thought that that was really interesting because they said step down. But from the body of the text that I read, he got fired. He was fired. He was fired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he was fired. He was fired because, um, what's it say here? Basically, um, it says R. Kelly's crisis manager stepped down hours after an interview aired, which he said he would not leave his daughter alone with an accused paedophile. So, um, okay. Um, Stephen Greenberg, a lawyer for R. Kelly, announced Darrell, um, Darrell Johnson's resignation on Twitter on Monday night, saying Johnson decided to take time off for personal reasons. We know that, man. <laughs> <laughs> the defense wants to thank Mr. Johnson for his tireless assistance and looks forward to his return. Greenberg said he shares our confidence that this is an unprecedented assault against R. Kelly by others for their own personal gain and in the innocence of R. Kelly. Earlier Monday, a CBS This Morning interview aired which Johnson told co-host Gail King that he would not leave his 21-year-old daughter with anyone who was accused of paedophilia. You have a 20-something-year-old daughter. Would you allow her to be alone with R. Kelly? King asked. Absolutely not, Johnson quickly responded. Yeah. (laughs) Cutting King off before she even said the singer's name. Johnson, however, told NBC News on Tuesday that the interview did not air in its entirety and he would have no problem leaving his daughter with Kelly because he believes the singer is innocent. I've got um, I've got to know Mr. Kelly in a personal way, he said. I believe Kelly is 1,000% innocent. Um, it's not a matter of belief, though. This is the um, thing. Because there's factual... There's evidence. Right. Eyes can see. Right. There's. It's not like a, oh, I wonder, where do, where do you stand on this? <laughs> right. The facts are there, for one. Two, what a madness. Three, why you know yourself know. I'm sorry. You yourself know you're not gonna leave your own child there, but you are representing this man so that other children can continue to be endangered. And by is him. that and, and, and is that not evil? Like to me, of it's just like it is. is that not evil? Like, but you, so you wouldn't subject your own daughter to it, but you want him to be free so he can continue continue doing the same thing to other people's daughters. That's what's wild to me. Um he says, Oh, they 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 didn't show the, um, everything in its entirety, but they didn't have to because this point is my main point. Yeah. The fact that you would not leave your child with an accused paedophile. He was the accused. Yeah. Not, not, not even proven. Yeah. yeah. Not even convicted, just accused you yeah. would not. And is he not an accused paedophile? But you, you Multiple know. times over he's accused. And then you're talking to me about a thousand percent because it's not even a real number. So, that, so now you're just being extra to cover up the guilt that you feel. And I guess with R. Kelly, I can never get 
over it. I can never just let it go whenever I see updates about the whole case and things mm. like that. Because when people are talking about, oh, you know, he's just been vilified for personal gain. What do I gain? What do what do I gain to vilify? I mean, we know that society at large loves to vilify black men. Right, cool. But in this specific case with so many, many instances that it's been proven. The man has been- described to you himself what he is up to. Do you like dating young women or is that when he said how young? <laughs> when you have to ask how young, then do we not know where Why are you in- even trying to establish <laughs> the bottom perimeter? Of that? It's too disgusting. How young are we talking? It's too disgusting. He himself has let us know in no uncertain terms what he's about. It, it's it's so explicit. So I'm flabbergasted and dumbfounded. I feel like the R. Kelly situations, every time you even see someone marginally yeah. start, starting to give him any defense, you you just check that person as, oh, okay, yeah, okay. Done. Yeah, you have to. When I saw Taraji P. Henson coming with energy and all of these girls nope. coming, Erica Badu coming with, oh, you know, it's because his placement is this and... No, it's not his placement. Stop. She pisses me <laughs> off. The <laughs> when she tried to defend Adolf Hitler, I was like, sis, just yeah, make the music, the rub your crystals and be quiet I just I just want her to just do what she does and not do that because again it's funny that we talked about love and what love is and because she said you know someone like R. Kelly yeah he made some mistakes but we do we stop loving him for that yes no you this thing is I am a human Leona. That's what I am. Okay. You, God, only, you can only have access to God's unconditional love. Yeah. Not mine. Not mine. That's not how it works. We are living in a physical world. We're not here to dispense unconditional love to pedophiles. That is madness. <laughs> but for, and I just want to, this is what gets me about the way that and we can convolute the meaning of love and we can change it to be something within, within its term to harm other people. Yeah, man. So what about the countless numbers um, of women, young women and girls that have been affected by his violence? <clears throat> they don't love themselves now, but we should all con- communally, we should all love. Continue to give yeah. them our love. And I just feel like, do you know what love was? I don't know why I've turned into preacher today. So do you know, <laughs> do you know what love was? Love was Jesus going into that temple and turning it all over. Yes. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. was love. He wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, the Pharisees in here. I just, you know, they've done a few things, but at the end of the day, we've just I'm just going to love them no. through it. You know, do you know what I mean? They're and they're doing all of these. No, just, guys, turned upside down. Yeah. And that's the energy that we give to R. Kelly and Co. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to lie. I am a fan of Erica Badu. Yeah. But, I have to draw the line with her there. And it, to be honest, I'd have to call out Pisces in general. No, <laughs> wow, true, wow, right? wow, sorry. Pisces. Wow. <laughs> because to be honest, it is a bit of a Pisces issue where yeah. it's like, there's no differentiation between self and others. It's this kind of concept of like universal love or we're all one and the same. Yeah, or yeah. I can see myself in you or I can see Trump as a child or I can see, yeah, yeah. I don't care how much you can see. Yeah, Adolf Do, Hitler loved painting. He was actually no, very good yeah, painting. No, yeah, he's he an artist. Wasn't, no, come up. on, just stop now. Do you <laughs> and, know what I mean? And it's interesting that you say it's a Pisces thing because I noticed that in my baby brother as well. Really? He's very much like, if somebody's done me extreme wrong, 
He can be the kind of person to be like, that was really bad what they did. But, but. you know, they were hurt. You know, they were really hurt. And it just hurt that you, you know, you've drawn that boundary. and You said that they're no longer allowed in your life. So I can kind of see where they were coming from. And I just want to punch him sometimes. I just want to punch him because, but then I know that that's literally how he operates. He operates from that space of, oh, but you know, everyone's got their thing. And, you know, they act out in different ways. Pisces are the um, <laughs> the most empathic sign. They're very, emp- uh, they have a lot of empathy, but mm. also not always be given empathy for people who are not even requesting it from you. At all. Do you know what I mean? And then they become overburdened. Yeah, they're in there. These people are particularly R. Kelly and the likes who we're talking about are actively invested, ongoing in their reprobate behavior. Yes. Do you know what I yeah. mean? They're not asking, they're not reforming, they're not recognizing their sickness, they're not doing any of that. No. Do you know what I mean? And asking for support in, in becoming a human yeah, being yeah, again, yeah. if that's possible. Yeah. They're continuing. So I just feel like this whole storyline of like, oh, um, we've all done things or they all need our love and stuff. Yeah. No, actually they need our discipline. They need yeah. our justice. They need our rage. Yes. Do you know yeah, what yeah, I yeah, mean? Yeah. They need retribution. Yeah. They need all of those things. And that also is a part of love. Yeah. And this is like, I feel like I spend a lot of time thinking about love because really God is love, right? And that's yes. partly why. But one of the things, and it's on a tangent, but... One of the things God said to me about intimate love as well mm-hmm. is that I only know how I only know love when it sorry I'm, I'm reading myself <laughs> I only know love self drive <laughs> when it comes to like emotion sex and like feeling good and being nurtured mm-hmm. you know what I mean but I don't under I will compromise every other shadow or shade of love for that mm-hmm. do you know what mm-hmm. I mean cancer rising I just want the feelings of it yeah and like God was like actually. Love is also kind of like it's support, it's investment. Do you yes. know what I mean? Love is also financial stability. Yeah. It's all of those things. And you keep compromising on that. And I've been single and celibate for a long time mm. learning these lessons. But definitely when I was in intimate relationships with people, you know, I was laughing the other day at a barbecue. Mm. I was seeing the man who had his mattress on the floor and I was getting up. <laughs> no, I was. <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> I was getting out of my whole bed into my vehicle to drive to lie on a mattress. Do you know what I mean? And we've been there. We have been there. And it's not that being on a mattress is bad. I'm just saying that that was that is an unequally yoked situation yes, yeah, yeah. in which I was taking any shade or shadow of love yeah. and compromising on the other parts of love that actually I was really needing. Yeah. And so I feel like all we know about love and what we really talk about love is making people feel good. Do yes, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. And love isn't all just like sweet emotions and covering up people's sins when they're out of order. Yeah, Do you know yeah. what I mean? It is accountability. And it's also all those different levels of balance. And, you know, that parental love, that protection, yeah. that stability, all of that, we deserve to have that in our personal relationships yes. as well. Yeah, yeah. And from ourselves. I just feel like when people are throwing around that this let's love our neighbours or love the sick individuals in this world, we really need to ask them what that love is. What is that? Yeah. Because to me, if you're asking me to love them, what that looks like to me is discipline and also showing them the consequences of the actions that they have taken. Yep. And and that is necessary. Is. That is necessary. What What is life? If everything that you do, you do not see the consequence of what you are doing. See it. And I feel like that's where God has niced me over the past few, what well, I'd say like five years. God has really shown me the consequences of my actions. And the thing that I've been asked to check the most is my temper because mm. I don't care. The moment, the, the moment that green light goes on in my head, that someone has moved mad to me, I'm on it. Like I'm ready to go. And I needed to see what can happen when you, you don't check that temper 
You don't you don't investigate the temper. What is it? What is it showing you? It's just the tip of the iceberg. What is happening underneath? You're hurt. Yeah. Why are you hurt? Because they've hurt a, a deeper part of you, a child part of you yeah. that already felt unworthy. Yeah. And so now you're lashing out because you must, I must protect that inner child the way that nobody else did. So I while out to yeah. overcompensate for it. But the child still hasn't been protected. I still haven't reaffirmed to the child that actually you are worthy, that part of me. I haven't done that work. I'm just out here like rah, 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 rah. And so I've numerous times in prayers and in readings and, you know, prayer messages specifically, they, the one thing that kept coming up, it was like, God's asking you to check your temper mm-hmm. because if you don't check it now, huh, you're going to go somewhere. You're going to keep rising. Don't get me wrong. Like the blessings will keep coming, but you're going to get somewhere where that temper is going to fuck you up. Yeah. I mean, they didn't say that in church. But you know, and that's what I had to understand of it. And the moment that the, um, the message kind of got in here and got in my heart, like got in my head, got in my heart. That's when the test started coming. Like, oh, so now that you understand, yeah. I'm just going to give you things to trigger the That's fuck out of you. Trigger the fuck out of you and see if you can still check that temper. And instantly I knew that, you know what, go and sit in that therapy room. Just go and sit yeah. in there and, and work through it. And it's not done. I don't know if the work is ever done because I feel like it's it feels so much like an innate part of me um because that's the it's instantly that fire that i want to go to and i've had to understand that no you can't use it for everything you just end up burning everything down but if god can show me discipline show me love by using discipline then why can't i show other people that as well you know a smaller version a microcosm of that like like if, if i love you allegedly as another human then you need discipline. You need to see the consequences of your actions. Otherwise you'll continue not only destroying your life, but destroying the lives of other people. And, and it can't run. And that's what really gets me about R. Kelly, like this desire, this inherent desire to protect him because we have, especially black women, this misplaced loyalty for black men just generally across the board. Um, And then women generally across the board when it comes to men, just, we must protect them. But if you are, if they're inflicting violence upon you all the time, then What's the point? What's the point? And he like like he said already, who protects the girls? Who protects the, or girls? the children in general? Because even yeah. women, it's not just girls, but I feel like in all of that protection of of black men in general, whoever else, I feel like black children are really falling through mm-hmm. the cracks, and and they are growing up to be deeply traumatized black adults. Yeah. You know, so sometimes I don't know. Some people just leave to God. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, God is yeah. well able to take care of them. And if they're needing love or whatever else, do you know what I mean? Like Somebody else will be assigned that task. I am so some sure. Some of us need to be the task of the disciplinarian. Yeah. Like, that's it. That's who we are. And holding people to account and, you know, and, and invoking justice and speaking up for people. That's also part of God's work and God's mm. voice. And I think that's also when I was saying earlier about some of the guilt that comes um I come across when I feel a certain level of detachment mm. is also about also remembering our different calling. Yes. And I think sometimes like we believe we're supposed to be all things at all times to all people. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I know that my calling is a teacher and my vocation is education. Yeah. And that's what I spend my life doing. And I am not a warrior. Mm. That's just not in me. So even though like you were being called to temper your anger, it's kind of like what I was saying in the Aries reading, mm. that that is still an archetype that is important yes. and you live through it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And so like 
when we're holding our lanes, you know what I mean? Things get done and the we can feel an unnecessary energy loss at trying to do or speak or show up in the world in ways that aren't true and authentic to our Sounds true good. calling, yeah. you know? I know I, I, that deeply resonated with me, that last reading for Aries, I think Scorpio, Libra, because I checked you did all, all three of them. them. Yeah, and I just, I was commenting. <laughs> I was like, Leona must be tired. I'm like, yeah! No, I love it. <laughs> but and most especially um, the Aries, because through this pregnancy, I've, I, I feel like the warrior spirit has been ignited in me even mm. more because now I feel like this sense of urgency, like if you man don't get right, yeah. what world are we leaving for these children or what world are they entering? And they've got their own karmic journeys. They've got their own um, assignments that they've been set. And I would just like to just make that a little bit more manageable for them if they didn't have the unnecessary higgy hagger of you guys not sorting out your shit or yeah. all of us not sorting out our shit, you know? And and you're right. Like I've tried so many other ways to be, to, to be quieter, to, to be... I don't know, softer, if that's the term. I do believe I'm soft, but, you know, in in a sense that makes people feel like, ah, but it just isn't me. I feel like a part of my soul dies every Mm -hmm. time I try to be something that I'm not. And and every, when I look at the Orishas and things like that, Shango is the one that is is spoken as my spirit father. And you look at Aries, war. And I think like that is is what I know. And that is how, and no matter how tender I feel on the inside, I can't help but to show up with this kind of like that sort of energy. Yeah. Because otherwise I just don't know how else I would convey the passion that I feel for humanity generally. I mean, I don't I don't like humans really. But I, <laughs> but, but but generally humanity like James Baldwin said, like I fuck with humanity. Like yeah. I I I want the best for humanity, but humans you can miss me with that one. And and that's why it's, I guess, like I said, it's, it's, it's that journey. It's that journey of trying to to figure it out. But no, noticing how Aries rising and noticing that that's how I show up to a lot of people is, yeah. is mad. This is mad. <laughs> it's mad. I show up as mad. Because <laughs> I want to be that Libra. I want to be... But I think mm. the Aries, like, there's a couple of signs that have a really special relationship with each other, probably in terms of being opposites. Mm-hmm. Leo in Aquarius and then Aries in Libra because... They're so different, mm-hmm. as in complete polar opposites of who each other are. Yeah, but also need parts of each other. Yeah. And Libra gets lost without Aries. Mm. Like I say this all the time. Libra, Aries is the you know the first sign, that first concrete sense of self. Mm. And whenever Libra doesn't have that, they weigh too heavily in in favor of others. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Is it, it would be how Black women have been taught to be, which yeah, is yeah. serving everybody else and not themselves. It's Libra's biggest vice. Mm. And so you need that that tipping of the scale to have a strong sense of self that comes from Aries Mm. and then Aries also needs that Libra sense of I am important right that's Mm. what Aries knows like I am here from a a purpose I'm important I'm doing my thing Mm. but then also how can I make this something that is um, useful and relevant to others how can I create relationships with others that I can reflect my uniqueness in it Mm. and I just feel like as our societies have developed and shifted and changed we kind of don't know how to where the archetypes fit anymore Mm. we don't necessarily know the expression of that so i would say maybe with um 
kind of fights against racial injustice, the warrior archetype is probably only present there. Yeah. And then we're seeing, because we don't really fully understand the warrior, whether it's seeing like the murders of like black activists yeah. or the burnout, do you know what I mean? Or seeing people who have like, are doing incredible work on the outside and mm. their personal lives are fucked up. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it's all of that. We haven't, understood the spiritual calling of the warrior yeah, yeah. and because we don't know that we also don't know the other archetypes that walk with the warrior yes do you yeah, know what i yeah, mean yeah because the warrior is deeply connected to the sage or the teacher as well right so that's the virgo it's the virgo it would be yeah. the hermit it yeah. would be the shaman right mm. and you know in older societies you would check in with that wise person mm-hmm. you would check in and be like is this time for war mm. is this the right strategy like what has god said about it and we don't have that even in terms of our kind of um political outlooks or our radical outlooks mm. in terms of black liberation mm-hmm. at the moment we never check in and be like what does god want for black people right now yeah we just don't do we that don't. We don't. and that's something that i would really like to see like i'm not saying that marches shouldn't happen mm. Or whatever our political strategy shouldn't be there. But I would also like to see kind of like meditation and prayer and fasting and all of those yeah. principles that go alongside. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like if I know that you're going to be out on the street, someone should be 24 hour praying for you while right. you're out there. Because you need the spiritual protection. You need that. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like right now we're just like we're doing our best with what we know, what we've lost a lot of knowledge. And I feel mm. like understanding the archetypes and um, because they just, they are universal, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. They can help us kind of figure out what pieces are missing, you yeah. know, like where, where do we need to sync up and connect better? Like the lover's card that I talked about mm-hmm. in the beginning, like mm-hmm. what communities, what relationships are required? Yeah. How do we rebuild that village? Because the government systems that we have right now purely prey upon us. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just literally had to feed off of us. Yeah. And on a deeper spiritual level, I really believe that the trauma and I don't even know another word for it because mm. it's I don't even have the words but the level of psychic emotional spiritual pain that exists in this in this level of experience is deliberately generated as a source for something else I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, truly yeah, truly yeah, truly, yeah, truly yeah, believe yeah. that and so sometimes you know being a deeply in, in terms of the work I do I'm very empathic I can pick up people's energy yeah, yeah. like that I can pick up energy from TV shows that are fictitious. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I see you go like, it's not even real. I'm using this person this month to represent this. I'm like, I'm yeah. telling you, because I'd be crying over things I'm really? like not. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. But I feel like I'm losing my train of thought there. <laughs> but that's it. I feel um, everything that's kind of generated and, and created on that level, I sometimes can either get really emotionally overwhelmed mm-hmm. by the level of suffering in this world, but also step back into that detachment where I recognize that there are people suffering on this level and then there's like a superstructure over it yeah, in which, because you know, so do you have like, whether it's R. Kelly or something else, sometimes I sit and I think, how? Like, how, how do you want to do that? Like, what in you makes you want to be such a reprobate individual? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's also like, it is, there is a very dark, lower energy, spiritual drive towards generating these traumatic experiences because it is literally food. Yeah. It's food. And it's, yeah, and feeding something. It's, it's feeding food. Some, yeah. And that thing, and what you feed grows. And that's, that's, that's what scares me. It does. Um, but again, there's this fear that I feel whenever I do like meditative practice, there's this kind of, I always enter this room. It's like, I want to call it a room, but it's like a palatial really. And it's just light. And so I know that beings are there um, and I mm. only can differentiate them depending on um, energy or just the vibe. Yeah. I know that, oh, this 
person's older and this is what this is and this is what that is. And I remember um, going into that state. And like you said, like I haven't been, I don't go back to the Bible regularly, but yeah. there's just some things that come to me. And I remember being in that state and I, th- I feel like it was my dad. It just felt like someone I know, male, um, who's on in past. And he said, um, read, um, go and read Nehemiah and then gave me the chapter and the verse. Fam, ask me if I even knew if Nehemiah was in the Bible. <laughs> like, just like, I was like, hey, do you mean Jeremiah? <laughs> so I was just like, all right, cool, sure. Went and opened the exact Bible verse. And it was just like, um, when, um, you know, this Nehemiah was this bricklayer just doing his thing and they didn't see him as being any sort of um, challenge or any sort of opposition. So the kings and their man didn't take him seriously. They were like, whatever. They started building. And he started building this wall and he was building this wall and got people to, a community to come and help him build this wall. And then suddenly they were like, no, wait, that, that looks like it's actually going to be able to keep us out. Mm. And they started getting worried that he was building this wall, but someone that you underestimated and they're building and building and building building and um so then they started gathering armies like yeah we're gonna have to tear it down before it gets too strong and we can't take it down so Nehemiah had to work day and night and none of them were sleeping or they took shifts and sleeping and they continued to build and I just thought it was interesting that I was told to go to that yeah again I I can't tell you I can't confidently tell you old testament to new testament all the books back to back right um but it was interesting that that came and I went and looked and I, and I, and it was such a message for me personally. And, and I felt like community wise, it was a message as well for me personally. It's the fact that I, I know that throughout my life, I've been underestimated in ways and I've just carried on like plodding along, like doing my thing. And I do feel like I've gotten to this stage now where it's become more apparent what I've been kind of putting together. And so people are like, raw, no, that looks like it might actually hold up. So yeah. we, need to, we need to take this shit down. Yeah. And what's a way to take something down? Maybe, you know, um, using my vices, things like my temper and things yeah. like that. So having to check in with myself and knowing that I can't afford for that to be used when I've come so far in building this thing. And definitely I need to sleep, but also understanding, like you said, the sense of community, that there are people that can help me to continue building this wall. Absolutely. And then we, and we continue together. And even yeah, in a wider sense as well, that we, Black people, Black Twitter, we make jokes about it all the time, but Black Twitter has been intrinsic in like the globalization of social media yeah. and the success of social media and yeah. the success of just culture, pop culture generally. Yeah, we don't get the credit for it, but everyone else is profiting from it. Yeah. So it's been this thing that we've built. Anything you give us, we build, 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 build. And then people go, oh, that looks too strong. Got to take it down. Got to infiltrate with this white face that's going to be the mainstream person that profits off this or yeah. this and that. So what are we doing as a community to like, keep building so it remains ours and we're protected yeah yeah it's 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 um that was a random tangent but it's 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 connected yeah it is it's one of those things that i just i think and and it's wonderful having you on the show to talk about it because sometimes i'm talking to myself in the silence of this studio i'm just like (laughs) does that make sense (laughs) um no though so it's great but we'll go to the last segment now to wrap it up and it's so you mad so actually there are two um i'm sorry suck your mum so there's two suck your mums this week um so the first one is sarah morantz lindenberg who's um created created Imagine. in inverted commas created the nightcap which is basically a glorified hair bonnet that we wear to sleep um and to me it's cultural appropriation and it's exactly what we just spoke about like we've been wearing 
our head um, our bonnets for all of these years and being um, ridiculed for oh, it. Yes, Social yeah. media, whenever people want to make their videos and show one ratchet black woman or she's whatever, in she's in a bonnet. And then suddenly you've created a nightcap that you're selling for what, $98? And you've discovered that it keeps your skin clear. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bit that got me. It keeps your skin clear and it keeps your, your curls in place for much longer. So... It says here, um, a $98 silk cap, a silk nightcap is drawing comparisons to a sleep bonnet, a cap that has been long worn in particular by black women and prompting backlash and accusations of cultural appropriation. Sarah Morantz Lindenberg, founder of Nightcap, said she got the idea while planning her wedding. She said she was experiencing breakouts on her face. Well, when you don't wash your legs, where are we? <laughs> <laughs> She was experiencing breakouts on her face, neck and back at the time And wanted something that would protect her hair and skin while she slept Lindenberg, who is white, said she began sleeping with a vintage silk scarf To preserve her hair and complexion, according to the Nightcap website To her delight, she noticed how much better her hair looked in the morning Her blowouts lasted longer and yes, her skin improved too, it states Lindenberg, the director of marketing at women's wear brand Pink Tartan Said she was inspired by the rich history of hair wrapping A large part of that history, Twitter users noted over the weekend Is rooted in black culture, a fact that was absent from a profile on Nightcap Published Friday by a fashion magazine Um, Yeah I read that and I I got annoyed I just got annoyed I wasn't enraged I just got annoyed because Oftentimes the things that we've been doing Culturally for centuries People look at in like Just confused and Oh, look at those weird blackies and what they're doing over there. Ever so weird, ever so nonsensical. They don't know the benefits of it. We no. know the benefits of it. Nobody no. ever stops to ask us. Where, where, how it's beneficial. And they shouldn't. Don't bother asking <laughs> us now. Don't ask us now. Don't want to tell you anyway. No. <laughs> and and that's why my straw of the week has to go to Sarah because I don't believe that she didn't know that bonnets were out here. I, I fully do not believe that. Bonnets that you can buy for what? Two pounds, one pound fifty. And it's not being funny, but anyone creating a product does a bit of market research anyway. Right. So you cannot even pretend that you didn't know. It's so it's exhausting, yeah. is what I would say it is. It's really exhausting. And I feel like, as you said, we've been wearing bonnets, or let's just talk about we've been covering our hair, wrapping our hair yeah. for centuries, whether yeah. it was enforced by choice. I feel like so many indigenous cultures, as well for spiritual reasons, yes. we cover our heads. Yes. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And here you come along talking about one night it just occurred to you, <laughs> oh, you know, Pink. bang out yeah. hair, my skin, my curls, or whatever. It's really, really disrespectful. And it's the. It's the what's the word that I'm looking for? It's the oops, like oh, I didn't, I don't really know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm so innocent. I have no sense. Yeah, and um, just out of nowhere, yeah, kind yeah. of energy that they come with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because listen, if you want to create a bonnet and sell that to your to your people, nobody can stop you from nobody, doing that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? But it's but when it's the way they try to claim and own. Yes. Do you know what it's, I mean? It's the Why is it ownership? And the property. That's it. And we see it all the time. You you get something like I, I said it a few weeks. I think a few episodes ago. Um, the word fur. Um, for the you know the broth the soup yeah. and um, then man went to go and um, trademark it so then the actual people that created the the said delicacy can't Magic. use the actual term when they're branding their stores because you've gone and trademarked it 
So it's it's it's, it's again disgusting. like you said, you you take it and then you want to own it, yeah. and it, there's something very just white supremacist about that. It's like the, the idea, colonial mentality, yeah, it lives on. I've got to own it. You know, you can't just have it as it is. And um, I was reading somewhere about, I think it was in the Caribbean and New Orleans as well. Um, yeah, this is it. In the 1700s, uh, the Tignon laws um, forced African women in Louisiana to wear a scarf or handkerchief over their hair as a visible sign of belonging to the slave class, it whether did. they were enslaved or not. According to the U.S. National Park Service, those women affected by the law did in fact cover their hair, but they did it with elaborate fabrics and jewels, an action which technically meant the letter of the law, um, but also allowed them to maintain uh, maintain their standards of fashion and beauty yeah. and again from everything that we've spoken about um today it's that idea of resilience yeah. or that reality of resilience yeah. you told me you wanted me to look clapped when you told me to put that headscarf that on that was the purpose that was the purpose for me to look clapped and for everyone to be reminded that i am lesser in this yeah. society but then i stunted on you hoes and i started getting silk scarves and doing all sorts and printing and adding jewels on it yeah. and and leveling up so even when you do you know like lemon lemonade you give us lemon we make lemonades like because the creativity is inherent it's inherent creativity i don't know how else to say it we just i feel like it's literally a life force i think that if if it wasn't for creativity we would not have made it this far um you know, I've been playing around with writing ideas recently, just writing things down. And what one one of the things that really came forward to me was that the very real function of all of this. I know Toni Morrison says that it was race, it's distraction that mm. is the um, very real function of racism. But then I started to explore, um, and Clarissa actually, um, Clarissa and I were t- um, talking about it. That what about extinction? Extinction After we built all of this Or done all of these things And you came And you started Living in Nigeria And living in all of these Different places We were meant to die out Yeah And then we didn't Oh but they're still you know, They're still pushing that. <laughs> Remember we're going they're into International beige In the future Do you know what I yes, mean we're, yeah. we're not going to have Any black people Yeah No dark skinned people Everyone's going to be mixed race Yeah with green so they're, eyes. they're still on it Yes. Yeah. still like Any day now Any day, day now <laughs> These blackies are going to be gone Yes Even though we're the global majority Right So it's, it's interesting That they can delude themselves To that extent But And When you think about It being extinction It just makes me um, proud in a way that even in certain things we're still like no nah, no no here's a scarf here's a jewel here's this so something that actually um, is a symbol of resilience as far as I'm concerned yeah. and of the care that we take of ourselves yeah. and and when it comes to beautification and things like that you can now come along with your $98 self and say that, well, I just happened to discover it just before my wedding. You're a fucking liar. (laughs) You're a a fucking liar. And you saw it on the internet and you stole the thing. You stole the thing and now you're, what, She's. I think she's trying to trademark it. Oh, come off of it. And those things are problematic to me. So that's why Sarah... Morant Lindenberg has to get straw of the week. Like I want her to put the straw in her nightcap and use <laughs> it to suck her mother. <laughs> that's, that's what I want her to do with it. And then the final um, suck your mum for this week, aka straw of the week, is from I think it's Charmaine, um, who's written in. Yeah, let me see. Um, Charmaine says here. Let me find her. They send me so many letters. God. <laughs> here we go. It says here, 
Dear Kalechi, I hope this email finds you well. I'm writing as a longtime fan of the podcast. I'm a young woman that has listened some, sometimes repeatedly when the cards have dragged my edges and rejoiced in the messages of upcoming success and change. Interestingly, I wanted to write this email after this week's episode, but something in my spirit told me to sit on it, and God have I. Firstly, I want to begin with a thank you and to nominate you, Kalechi, as my share your magnificence. I don't know if you remember, but I wrote For you a moment, an- I thought she was giving you straw of the week. <laughs> The audacity I would, I would definitely read it I would definitely read it And drag that person back <laughs> She goes um, I don't know if you remember But I wrote you an email A few months ago Detailing my experience With a break-in last year At the time I was still in the throes Of PTSD And the pain of abandonment From those I thought loved me I was weak and wounded Nonetheless I listened to your podcast Religiously Heard you When you asked Why are you grieving Nothing is dead And kept putting my trust In the universe And my destiny I looked at everything I thought I'd buried My education My hopes Of a healthy future relationship And the female empowerment I fought to embody myself Well sis All I can say is thank you I'm not dead Thanks to you, I was able to self-publish even after receiving publishing offers from my uni paper, an article about the aftermath of the break-in and the internal battles I've had over the last year. This was well-received. I received an offer from an upcoming African magazine to publish a series of my articles, and I also received messages... um, from women in my life that detailed their own experiences and thanked me for telling my story. I'm strengthened because this, uh, because sis, every week you do the emotional labor to empower us all. Let your labor, emotional or other, be never overlooked by the most high. You deserve, deserve all of the gifts and rewards, sis. Thank you. Amen. Now let's get into the madness of white superiority. <laughs> <laughs> Let me preface this by saying I am a politics student who got an A star in A level law and A level history. Congrats, Not <laughs> Right? Not only am I familiar with the McPherson report, I damn near memorized it. Unlike, unfortunately, the head of Scotland Yard. If she's going to call us stupid in our house, she's going to need to turn the lights off first. All jokes aside, it is dangerous and violent that Cressida Dick opened her dry lips to say that the Met is no longer institutionally racist. It is dangerous because time and time again, white people have chosen with at which actions are deemed racist and which ones aren't. This is their weapon of choice. Not only does this denigrate the report itself, but it dehumanizes those that are humili- humiliated by racial profiling. So stop and search, and disproportionately abused and murdered in custody. The ability to redefine the oppressed's pain is a powerful tool of the oppressor, which is why I'm not surprised nor disappointed because Ms. Dick is doing exactly what the racist system that props her up has empowered her to do. It's her job to tell us that when they hurt, humiliate and traumatize us, it is because we have the audacity to think we were free in the first place. This comes to the violence of her actions. She has now given permission to those who detested the conclusions within the report to act as they wish. Funny, those comments should just come um, should come just weeks after poor Shukri Abdi was killed and the police deemed it an accident. The irony could not be written by Shakespeare himself. So you're discussing a report where the police were found to have lied, tried to arrest the black witnesses, refused to listen to said witnesses, and then refused to arrest the actual perpetrators of the murder. It really can't be written. This is why racism is woven into the Met and will remain so, lest we also forget that Norris and Dodson were only convicted in 2012, 21 years after Stephen was murdered. That's only seven years ago. I studied the case in 2016 and again last year. It is disgusting and inconsiderate to claim 
being called racist puts mistrust in the Met. Well, bitch, we don't trust you. RV Dodson and Norris is still in living memory. One must really ask if she's mad or stupid because it must be one of them. So if she's going to call us stupid in our own house, she must really turn off the lights first because the streets have not forgotten. This is why I would like to nominate Cressida Dick, her pussy and her head for the straw of the week. I apologize for the long email. Sending you love and power, sis. You went in (laughs) I couldn't There's nothing I can say To even add to that It's exactly When I was reading it That she said racism Is no longer um, A problem In the Met Police And it was It's not like it was 20 years ago And um, so much has changed Since then I'm like Where Where I, I swear homegirl took you, was it Carol, Carol Howard or something? She took you to court. A black woman, black police officer took you to court because of racism within a racism, gendered race, gendered racism for her being black and a woman. She took you to court and she got 37,000 pounds. So I don't, I don't really know where you're going with it. You man are still tasering people in the jaw. Race relations, um, um, people that work for you or work with you to help you have a better a you relationship imagine? with your community. You've taken you because you thought they were a criminal more than once. More than once. <laughs> like, more than once. So, so, but but it's all changed, and that's the thing about racism. You can't just wish it away. You can't just go. You know what? It's a Tuesday. As far as I'm concerned, racism is over. No, it, it doesn't work like that. So I totally, totally get where you're coming from with Cressida Dick. I read it and I was just like, you know what? This is just white fragility mm. to me. To go that old, the term institutionally racist is unhelpful. Um, and it, it um, causes um, animosity between the community and police. No, it's the actions of the right. police that cause the animosity. It's the racism. <laughs> it's the racism, <laughs> not the label, not the label. The label has nothing to do with it. Same with cigarettes. It's the cigarettes that cause the cancer. Yeah. The label at the, the front, <laughs> not the warning, <laughs> not the warning. So um, yeah, it's, it's really, really mad, but we're still out here. And I think that that's, for me, the main part of all of this, that we're still out here and we continue to thrive. And um, just on a closing note, um, I just want to say thank you, Leona. Thank you for everything that you do, for the Astro Mixers, for Sync, formerly known as Mango, um, (laughs) for just putting, using creativity as um, your tool of revolution. And I and I and I think that you, long may it continue. And I pray that God and all of your guides and and all of our ancestors and and just all of the forces that mean us well continue to support you in everything that you're doing, and you continue to rise. Um, and and to feel more joy and more joy and more abundance is brought your way because you've given so much of yourself, and it you deserve for that to be replenished over and over and over and over. So thank you I very much. I received that. Thank you so much, <laughs> and the pleasure. Thank you for having me as a guest. No, my pleasure. Okay, Mine. I felt so honoured when you asked me. Of course, I was going to be here, and it's been a beautiful conversation. Thank you. And as you go away now, and just take this time for this initiation, man, prayers over this change, this transformation for you. A healthy, well-processed A beautiful and healthy world-changer For you to bring us (laughs) We're excited, man The community that's going to love all of you Amen, 
Amen. No, thank you. And for those who, for some reason, have been misbehaving and not knowing where to find you, even though I tell them all the time, where <laughs> can hilarious. people find you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I live on Instagram. Mm. Uh, my Instagram is Leona Nicole Black, um, N I C H for Nicole. And if you watch Love Island, then I'm on Twitter just for, that. <laughs> for Love Island only, mm. um, as Leona N Black. And my website is NicoleBlack.com. Thank you so much. Well, as for me, I have been Kalechi Okafor, and this has been SYM officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right. Suck <laughs> your mum. And yeah, you know, like I said, if I can manage another one, I'll manage it. If I can't, peace. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Ben's Brunani woman. This baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea. We are gonna sip it here. Our time's calling for your long shorts. You might learn something you never know. And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind Say you mind